And welcome to Pod Pod. I'm Rihanna Dillon. I'm your host. And this week we are in the run up to the British Podcast Awards, which is happening this Thursday, the 28th of September. I'm very excited. It's really, really fun for me running through the shortlist for the BPAs and seeing all of the incredible talent, a lot of which we've had on PodPod. So, for example, Ellis James, Deborah Meaden from the Big Green Money Show. British Scandal. We've had both hosts on that in different mm. guises. Red Handed, The Tennis Podcast, Masala Podcast, Dan Snow, so many. So yeah, that's getting me really, really hyped for the awards themselves. Joining me as ever, Arima Kari and Adam Shepard. Hello to you both. How are you <laughs> feeling in the run up to this? You must be buzzing. I am so excited for the British Podcast Awards. Excited and nervous. Yes. <laughs> What's there to be nervous about? It's going to be a great night. Well, I'm slightly nervous about my uh, intro speech. Oh, intro. I didn't know you were doing an intro, Adam. That's exciting. Exciting and nerve wracking. So I've been writing that this week. Any hints? What are you going to put in it? I mean, all the usual stuff. Thanks for coming. Isn't the industry great? Please, can I get off stage now? <laughs> uh, Reem, what about you? Why are you nervous? Um, I think events are always fun when you're only attending. <laughs> um, but if you're involved in the event in any way behind the scenes, they're not as... I mean, it will be a fun night. I'm just being dramatic. It will be a very fun <laughs> night. But I think leading up to it is going to be a lot of stress. And then, you know, up until the ceremony's over, it's going to be a lot of stress as well. But we'll still get to dress up and have nice conversations and dance mm. afterwards and let loose. So I'm both excited and nervous. We'll be running around grabbing interviews with winners and attendees and things like that. So uh, yeah, we'll be buzzing around uh, all evening, I suspect. Yeah, I'm really looking forward to trying to catch people just before they get absolutely steaming. That's going to be a, a really fun game. <laughs> so what can we expect from the night? Where is it? Who's going to be there? What's happening? So it is the biggest party in podcasting. It is happening at here at Outernet, which is if you've been to Tottenham Court Road Station in the last kind of couple of months, you will doubtless have noticed the big new build on the corner that is covered in big LED screens. It's that basically. It's a brand new venue, both for the BPAs and just in general, a very swanky, state-of-the-art sound system and uh, all the bells and whistles that come with it. So it's going to be a very, very shiny venue. The branded cushions for the nominees are coming back. Love those. Look out for those. And we will have an official after party with DJ and everything. So that is very exciting. We'll all get to blow off some steam after the ceremony proper concludes. And has this joke already been done to death? Like, if people are saying, where are you? Here. Yeah. Here. <laughs> uh, no, it hasn't, actually. <laughs> but, um, yeah, I'm, I'm definitely going to be stealing that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Okay, amazing. So we got a chance to catch up with the hosts of the BPAs, Zoe Lyons and Stephen Bailey, ahead of the ceremony. I think it's safe to say there are still some last minute things to be ironed out, but it was really lovely to chat to them. They are co-hosts of Let's Talk About the Husband and are great friends. They've known each other for a very long time. I really enjoyed this chat. It was 
very all over the place, but I think those are the best kinds of interviews. So let's get into Zoe Lyons and Stephen Bailey. Zoe and Stephen, welcome to PodPod. How are you? Very well, thank you. I'm good. How are you, Stephen? Yeah, very well, thank you. Happy to be here. (laughs) Delighted you both were able to make it on. I want to, because there's quite a lot to talk to you about in today's episode, quite far ranging as well, but I want to talk about how this brilliant comedy duo came about and was the first time (laughs) to realise that you kind of hit it off and would make actually a really good pairing. I'm trying to think when we first started working together. I know the answer. I love you. Put your hand up. Go on, I you, do. Stephen. You answer. <laughs> interrupt me if you find right. a lie. But so Zoe and I have always got on. Don't interrupt that bit. And um, during the global crises, I would like me and Zoe would be talking about different things and just like life things, and you know maybe it was like a business contract, and I'd be like, make sure you get it written down. You need to keep your receipts. And Zoe just one day turned around to me and said, "You're." really good at giving advice and I say I get it all from the Kardashians and the Real Housewives of Beverly Hills and that is honestly how I live my life so I'd be like keep your seat get everything written down and she's like why do you even think of doing that or I'd be like just all different things like that and ultimately we I, like Zoe was not a reality tv show connoisseur not like she is now no. And after she realised how intelligent I am from watching it, we kind of went on our way and did a podcast. Yeah, we're beautifully opposite. We sort of, I, I, you complete me, man. You complete me. <laughs> you complete me. I like to say, and Zoe knows what this means now. I don't know if everyone will, but she's the Lisa Rinna to my Erica Jane. Mm, I love to be a Rinna. <laughs> I feel that I've brought some level of culture to Stephen's otherwise cultureless life. How did the podcast come about? Who was the one that had the initial idea to sit down in front of the mic? I think that was a joint thing. I think we just loved talking to each other and having a laugh. And it was like anything, like I think like like 99.9% of podcasts, it's the you realise that you have a nice relationship together, that you, mm. you have fun together. And then it's like, right, well, let's find let's be brutally honest, a very loose framework to to shove this into. <laughs> and I think, you know, the looser the framework, the better, because it allows us to talk about absolutely anything and everything. We always just have a kicking off point. And I think that's often the best way for for podcasts to work. I mean, I, you know, we knew it was never going to be heavily structured, researched, produced within an inch of its life. We just wanted a framework within which to hold our conversations. Yeah, but I think it was a joint thing. Well, that's what I kind of like about podcasts as well, is like when it's the continuation of a chat, because when people do TV or radio, you've got a time slot, and obviously the podcast is up to you how long you've got. And when I become a fan of a show, I go all in, like charmed, buffy. And so when the podcasts come out and you go, actually what happened here is, or they go, you know, this person was not in it for eight episodes because we couldn't afford them. I love to know all that. And so that's kind of what I think we were going for with the podcast with a looseness, whereas even though, you know, we're kind of saying, oh, let's have it loose and just go with it, loose framework. I th- It's just the continuation of the stuff you can't say on stage. So like we might have the 
oh, here's a joke we've got, but also here's the serious side of the joke. And we get into all that and it's so nice. And we have a cup of tea and we have our friend Paul who produces it for us because we yep. we're not, we're technophobes. technophobes. Total technophobes. <laughs> and I suppose the other thing is because of what we do for a living, we both experience reality TV. I've, I've actually done quite a lot when I think about it. <laughs> we joke about this because Zoe so, was so snotty about it on paper and then I was like, hold on, let me yeah, read yeah, your yeah, credit yeah. list to yeah. you. Oh, here are the receipts. You kept the yeah. receipts. I was on one yeah. of the first reality TV shows in this country. So actually, I'm an absolute hypocrite. What was that? I did Survivor <laughs> in 2001. Oh, my God. Yeah. Oh, wow. Yeah. Zoe was a reality star before she was a comedian. I yeah, just want to point so that. I'm, I'm a complete hypocrite, a complete hypocrite. And you know, I've done I've done subsequent things. I did Master Chef, and I'm do, you know, by the time this comes out, there'll be another one on the air that's coming out soon. So, yeah. Well, after the BPAs, you know, the podcasting crew are gonna. Rally. We can't wait to be fully part of the podcast. (laughs) We've been very much on the outskirts. (laughs) You've both been quite regular guests on other podcasts over the years, right? Often kind of those hosted by fellow comedians, uh, it seems like. How important do you feel like podcasting is sort of within the, the comedy scene? Because it seems like pretty much every comedian either has their own podcast or is on a podcast every other week. Yeah. Obviously, the ones that have been incredibly successful have been really, really helpful for those comedians. And it's, I suppose, a wonderful thing about them. And the wonderful thing about comedy as well is if the work isn't coming in, you can create it. That's what's always been, that's what always fascinated me about stand-up. So I trained, I went to drama school initially to to become an actress. And then very soon I realized, oh God, you're very much at the beck and call of other people's decision-making as to whether you get work or not. And that's why stand-up initially was just so exciting. So I was like, oh, you can write five minutes and go and do it in a pub. Oh, right. Okay. You might not be being paid for it initially, but you are creating and you're doing that. And then obviously podcasting is the next step. On that, you know, you don't have to wait to be given a radio series or a television series. You can Mm. sit down and produce something and create something reasonably easily. And it does turn into tour sales. Like, Mm. you know, when we've done our shows, people have come up and gone, when's the podcast coming back? And Because you're just sat recording it in a room like we are now and you think there's only us four that cares. And then all of a sudden, once you've not done a few episodes or when you get on tour, which... That is the. I think that is a good thing about comedy as well, is because we can go and do the clubs, which allows us to reach people. But when when you do your tour and people are telling you how they found you, it's mm. so interesting. Because I mean, I was saying to Zoe, "Oh my god, I've had so many messages being like, when you bring in the podcast back,' whereas no one's ever said that about Slebs on the Farm series five. <laughs> <laughs> That is really interesting, actually, because I guess is it, is it the same with stand up as well? People don't necessarily have so many personal stories about finding you your comedy necessarily, but they will because the podcast is so intimate. Yeah, I guess so. Yeah, there's a closeness, isn't there, to listening to a podcast? You know, when you've got somebody's in in your ears on your run or on your commute, there is that closeness, and that because we talk about all sorts of things, uh, you connect with so many different sorts of people. It, yeah, it's a really valuable tool, really valuable. Yeah. And as well, I just think it is that thing, especially when I've listened to other podcasts, like I really am a fan of all things pop culture. And so what I've loved about other podcasts is getting to go 
deeper into people. So like with comedy, there's sort of an unwritten rule of being like, get a laugh every 30 seconds. Right. And you obviously don't have that rule in podcasting. So it's like, so if we are talking about something and then we talk through about like, I don't know, a difficult breakup we went through or the time we were a bit depressed, we don't have to try and fish for the laugh in it. We can mm. just have the honest conversation, full stop, and then move on to the next bit. And I think I think that's them people are buying into us, not just comedy, Stephen, and comedy, Zoe. Mm. On the flip side of that, do you ever end up using the podcast to accidentally workshop new material effectively? Oh, yeah. Did, like, does anything from the podcast end up in in any of your sets? I think as comedians, you're, you're working stuff out all the time. I, mean, I, mean, I do that at a Weatherspoon. Yeah, 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 yeah. If I get a laugh out of anybody with anything, then I'm like, right, not no that File that down. away. Yeah, file that away. And also, you kind of like, because when you're making each other laugh, then you start like topping each other. Mm. So you can walk away with a full bit, like I'll go in, <laughs> or if I say something that I thought's maybe a funny story to me, then if Zoe does her, Zoe does this laugh where she like cocks her head back. <laughs> and um, if it gets one of those laughs, I'm like, I'm going to try yeah, that yeah. on stage. Yeah. <laughs> going back to your, your love of uh, pop culture podcasts then, what are some that you listen to that you really love? Like where, what are the ones where you think actually the formula for this is gold? So there's one called... Two teas in a pod with Tamara and Teddy Mellencamp <laughs> and their Real Housewives. And that is amazing. It is amazing because they just don't hold back. And they one is an ex-housewife and one is a current housewife. And the ex-housewife is a bit bitter about not being a housewife, in my opinion, allegedly. <laughs> allegedly. And which I also learned through them. I learned through them always allegedly. say allegedly and in my opinion. And then, um, <laughs> so I love that one for a bit of juice. There's one with them um, called shenanigans by sheena shea who's from vanderpump rules i love hers because she gets like proper pop culture icons on <laughs> then i love life is a bee with bethany frankel there's so many guys there's too many life is a bee because they're too scared to say bitch <laughs> is it about the fact that it's just completely unfiltered that is the thing that really kind of captures you i think it is and i think it's that continuation because obviously we're not idiots anymore. That's the thing. So you know there's an edit with everything yeah. and you know there's there's only so much they've thrown in an hour. And so you don't, you know, you get the ins and outs. So I used to love, and it's what made me a dreamer, MTV's hit show, The Hills. And, but I, it, but it was one of the first reality shows. So you really believed everything right. you saw. You didn't be, you know about edit. Mm-hmm. And because it wasn't so many, there was like yeah. one. And so now listening to podcasts of that and you, you hear about it and you go, oh, that makes so much sense. <laughs> <laughs> Thank God we drive late at night, Zoe, because I would crash the car. Some yeah. of the revelations. <laughs> I love that you care so much about it. It really fascinates me. <laughs> so, Zoe, for you, I was a judge on this year's BPAs, and I think you were guesting on either one or even two, maybe, of the entries that I was listening to. So you... Did they get nominated? I obviously can't remember <laughs> because I haven't looked at the show. I scuffered it for them. <laughs> can't remember. It was a while ago. And no, you didn't scuffer it for them. <laughs> oh, God. <laughs> but I think it was one that was um, a live recording. So we kind of talked on the podcast before about live recordings versus, you know, kind of intimate bedroom recordings. So for you, what what is it about like doing a live podcast recording that is different from stand up or, you know, it's, it's, it's a kind of shift, isn't it? From the work that you've done before. 
It is a shift, but I think with a live podcast recording, there is an audience. So automatically your your inner comedian kicks in a bit more. You're there, you're going, oh, there's an opportunity to get a laugh here because there's people in the room, an actual audible real-time laugh. I think the performer in you kicks in a, a bit more in those sort of situations. Do you prefer the kind of intimacy then of not doing it in front of an audience? I don't know, really. I mean, Richard Herring's podcast, you'll get, you know, he gets a big crowd in at the Leicester Square and it has a slight nerves attached to that, I think. Mm. As I get older, I think I'm, I am a massive oversharer these days. So I have no problem revealing. I actually think you're the perfect podcast guest. Oh, thank you very much, Stephen. Should I tell you why? Yeah, go on. Tell me why. Because I'll tell you what you've got. You've got actual experience and you've lived a life. Thank you. That's a really diplomatic way of saying I'm old, but thank you. I'll take that. <laughs> no, 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 no. <laughs> In fact, if you were a dog, you'd be dead. That's how many lives you've lived. No. <laughs> but I think people really relate to you because you, like, for example, in your tour show, I won't give it away because it's your show, but the, like, there's a story towards the end that I think a lot of people can relate to putting themselves in a sticky situation let's say <laughs> but what I think Zoe's good at is being a performer because you, you've got an audience yeah. so you know you've got to entertain and I think that's important but at the same time you're not afraid to like you'll give them a laugh but you'll also like on the Richard Herring one you're not afraid to talk about you know when your alopecia yeah. and yeah. your tough time during lockdown but then you'll give them the laughs as well and I think that's why people buy into you and why you're a very good guest because you're a very good humans away and i say that very sincerely <laughs> thank you <laughs> i appreciate your authenticity too Stephen. <laughs> namaste namaste <laughs> <laughs> yeah but it's it is it is a different environment isn't it being a guest on it it's yeah. a, it's a it's it's a different thing. But the thing is, you know, as comics, we just slap into that audience in front of us straight away mm. and something just comes alive and it's like, yeah, I've got to make them laugh. There is that pressure that, like, that I do have to get a laugh out of this at some point. Yeah, but I do think that Stephen's so right in that your vulnerability on stage is the thing that is so moving. And then as the audience, you also get the laugh at the end because you know how to work the crowd but you because you're so open and you do tell your story so beautifully I think that is just you are such a great podcast guest you're good so, guest yeah, you're so good also largely available so it's <laughs> no, uh... are you free on Thursday it's a smart way to do business because you will sell so many tickets of being a good guest on a popular podcast that is factually correct somebody stopped me after a gig this week and said, um, can I get my money back? <laughs> no, they said, I really enjoy listening to you on other people's podcasts. And it was, I was like, oh, right. And it really took me back. And I was really flattered, actually. It was really sweet. It's a weird compliment, it's really nice. but it's really it's nice. It's a weird compliment. <laughs> You're a very good guest. I went, thank you very much, random stranger. It's a stand-up gig in Crawley. But I'll take that, yeah. Do you notice then, like, an uptick in tour sales, for example, you know, like, after you've been on someone's podcast? Does that have a direct translation? Yeah, I think it does. I think obviously it depends on whose podcast it well, is. Yes. Yeah, yeah, all of that. But um, yeah, like cards on the table. I don't think yeah. you coming on this podcast <laughs> yeah. is going to move many tickets. <laughs> what? Yeah. Yeah. And the call. And the call. Hoping for Hollywood Bowl after this. Um, <laughs> I mean, certainly, like, I've been did a tour earlier this year and I had 
you know, paid for PR for the tour. And a few years ago, they would not have been pushing to get you on people's podcasts. Mm. But now that is definitely a thing that they are doing. They push you to get on people's podcasts that they feel will have a yeah positive effect on the sales. So, yeah. I've had people come to my show as well. So, like, Laura Whitmore mentioned me on a podcast she was on. And people, I wasn't even on that podcast. But because she said I was funny on a podcast, people bought tickets to my show. Oh, and right. then they said, oh, we came because we heard Laura Whitmore enjoyed it. That's cool. So mm. Laura Whitmore is a tastemaker. Yeah. Yes. Well, we the, know the that best anyway. Taste. Have you seen her? I know. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> my mum used to be weirdly obsessed with Laura Whitmore. Like, just used to be like, oh, I'll she's tell the her. most beautiful <laughs> woman on stage. She's the most beautiful. She's just amazing. I love everything. Yeah. I love her voice. I love her personality. I love her face. I was like, all right, mum. Okay, I'm sorry to feel slightly like <laughs> she's the total opposite of what I look like. Thanks, mum. <laughs> well, so we kind of talked about the, you know, entry into the, like the podcast scene, the stand up scene. In terms of the award ceremony scene, which I feel like is a completely different beast again because award ceremonies are notoriously quite tough I think because you you have a lot to get through you've got to show your personality you've got to be funny you've got to stop people from making speeches (laughs) so do you have any kind of tips about hosting an award ceremony? I've done a few in the last few years I used I'll be very honest used to hate them yeah you used to hate them because, yeah. like, you know, you turn up, nobody wanted to listen to you. Um, and in days of, you know, years ago, it was predominantly blokes in suits with bald heads. It was like performing, you know, eggs in bin bags. It was just, <laughs> it was just, <laughs> that's what it was. And I used to get quite intimidated by them. Now I bloody love them. I love them. Listen, and yeah, because you can find an interest in anything. I've done all sorts of awards. I mean, even the uh, air filtration and uh, air conditioning awards I did a few months ago, I quite enjoyed that. (laughs) (laughs) I was listening to the episode you did on that, and it it did sound – it's a a fantastic episode, uh, which I encourage people to go and look up. But the poor sound guy, if he ever listens to that, just – absolutely destroyed piece by piece oh my god yes i was told how to use a microphone he's so lucky he didn't go home with that (laughs) requiring surgical removal from his anal passage it was just unbelievable yeah but i i actually really enjoy them these days i really do i really enjoy them what what about you Stephen? i haven't we haven't we've never hosted one together oh really not together yeah oh this is very exciting i'm very excited i love them because i can be bought and i think they're very good money for not a lot of work (laughs) (laughs) so um i'm very i love them but i do get that nervous thing because it's it tends to be like one person once you're there and everyone else just has to suffer you. So I tend to find myself in a hotel room ringing Zoe and be like, right, I'm at the call centre awards. <laughs> Help a sister out. <laughs> well, you say, I'm just going to pop you on hold. Um, <laughs> yeah. oh, very good. But then, do you know what I find as well? As a flamboyant camp man, Zoe is right. It is a lot of like, all straight white guys in a suit. What I found is if you just flirt with them, or you flirt with a boss, they freaking love it. <laughs> Nowadays, some of them are very handsome. When I did the Call Centre Awards, I think I fell in love. <laughs> but also, industry is changing. I think industry is changing. It's, it has, it, you know, the, there is a bit more diversity in the room these days as well. And also, you know, then 
I get a lot of women in finance, women in tech, women in business, women in you know, and it's and that's great because you can just have a laugh together. That's absolutely brilliant, and it's becoming more interesting. Like, yeah, you know, I don't doubt that when we do the podcast awards, I will go home listening to a kind of genre of podcast I've probably not thought of, mm. like Serial. I always thought that's not going to be for mm-hmm. me. Then I smashed it in like two days. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm. And this, I, that's what I think sometimes where some of the comedians have done really interesting work, actually, is where, like, you've got um, Off Menu with Ed mm. and James Acaster because of their obsession with food. Well, that's worked really well. And I've got some friends, um, Susie, she does a podcast called No Ghost Huns, and theirs is about, like, getting into, like, telling ghost stories, and that's really interesting. So I think when 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 you find a comedian that's obsessed with something like we are with pop culture, I think that works really well. Um, like Kiri and Rachel with All Killer mm-hmm. No Filler, I think mm. it works really well. Yeah, that's a really nice one. Seeing, I mean, seeing when you're at the British Podcast Awards this year, I know you haven't really had a chance yet to look at the shortlist, but do you think that you will have guested on the majority of the podcasts that have been nominated? <laughs> Oh, I hope I've guessed it on some of them. <laughs> I, hope- I know. I hope I've guessed it on some of them. Yeah. There's a few, though, that I definitely like. want to guest on. I think our friend Sarah Barron's up for one. Oh, great. For the Succession podcast. I love the Succession podcast. Yes. Fire Crotch and Normcore. Yeah. Which is just the best name. <laughs> <laughs> Have you listened to that one yet, Zoe? No, because I haven't watched Succession. Don't listen yet, then. You sound terrible. I'm so bad at these things. I just, I'll watch it in about <laughs> 10 years' time and I'll be like, guys, has anybody watched Succession? <laughs> I've got a podcast that I think Zoe would be a great guest on, by the way, How to Fail with Elizabeth oh, yes. Day. I oh, think Zoe would yeah. be hurt because you love talking about that stuff. I love failure. Do you know what? It's so easy to succeed and failure takes absolute balls. So I love talking about it. Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Get me on that, Stephen. We should have cards printed for this award. Every time somebody comes up, we'll be like, hello, I'm sorry, I'm very available. <laughs> Just pop it in their pocket as a well done on your little trophy, but I am also available for your podcast. I think most of our hosting duties will be us trying to get guesting duties. Yeah, that on will just be podcast. it, won't it? Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I'm worried about if you're going to out wardrobe me. That's my biggest concern about this awards, dude. Do you know what you're wearing? Well, I have to find out what Stephen's wearing I don't wearing think I first. own it yet. Oh, oh Stephen, what a tease. Pressure on. Does it involve yeah. sequins? <laughs> no, but I think Zoe's footwear does. Oh, oh, I've just bought a pair of sparkly boots. Amazing. I went to the NTAs Ooh. last week. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Very nice. I just dropped that so in. That's why she's not watched Succession yet. She's no, too busy at the NTAs. The NTAs. <laughs> oh, God, I was ankle deep in influencers. It was awful. <laughs> <laughs> Is this going to be your first year attending the British Podcast Awards? Yeah. Yes, <laughs> yes it ah, is. Exciting. Yes. yes. And uh, as Stephen and I discussed, it's, it's we're probably the only duo that haven't been nominated, so that's what we're <laughs> representing. They're like, we need a podcast couple, but not successful enough to have been shortlisted. Ta-da! Here we are. <laughs> but next year, babe, next we're going to clean up. We're going to smash Although, it. Although, looking at the entertainment shortlist, though, I think you've guessed it on half of them. Richard Erin. Yeah. Three Little Words. Yep. Ellis and John. No, not done that one. No, You're not, not done, done that, that one. one. No, no. But that you too- will after that night. Yeah, you yeah. will after that night. And obviously, I'll probably leave with my new fiance 
Jordan North, who's up for Help I Sexy My Boss. Yes, oh, he is. He has no idea that we're engaged, but... <laughs> I think he'd be up for it. <laughs> It'll be a double win for him if he gets a gong. Yeah. <laughs> is there anyone else that you're particularly looking forward to meeting on the night? Well, I don't know. Because I know I've got a couple couple people on my bucket list that I'm particularly sort of looking forward to. <laughs> um, yes, that would be that'd be a huge one. Actually, that that is a bit of a pinch me moment, as well. Uh, Alan Partridge is up for oh. best comedy podcast for from the Oast House. Do you think Steve's going? I I mean I hope so because that would genuinely be full on bucket list moment. Yeah, Zoe, you were talking earlier about the the podcast that you really like, and like more like the well being ones. Is that right? Well, you see, I like well being, and I like. I tell you what, I'm obsessed with at the minute. Queen of the Con. I've been listening to that in the car. Oh, I don't know that one. Oh, I'm on the second series of that. So it was a it was an American journalist who got conned by. Um, she claimed to be an Irish heiress. Oh wow. She claims to be part of Irish monarchy. Now, it is his own fault, really, this American guy, for not working out that actually the last king of Ireland was quite a long time ago, so (laughs) Irish monarchy wasn't really a thing. But anyway, he delves into the lives of these absolute con artists, these narcissistic, psychopathic women, and I find it fascinating. The one I'm listening to at the minute is a, is a person who pretended to be an accountant and sort of in, infiltrated people's businesses and then just robbed them from the inside, which is horrific. And the, oh, the, wow. the human cost is awful. Yeah. But the level of narcissism and sociopath is just, I find that fascinating. And they're very, very well done. They're very well done. And yeah, I find I, I binge listen to those. I'm like, and then what did she do? Oh my God. <laughs> so I've got another one after that. And then the podcast that was a spin off from the um, BBC Sounds, which was a very British cult. Oh my God. Obsessed yes. With that. Very well done. Again, I find them fascinating, that sort of human insight. And then if I'm not listening to that, I'm listening to How to Let Go and Become Part of the Universe. So it's. <laughs> <laughs> Do you know, babe, though, if you like well-being ones, Fern Cotton's is actually a really good. Happy place. Happy place. Oh, I have delved in. Yeah, I've, del- I've dipped a toe in. There is, because it is massive business, the wellness business, a huge amount of crap out there as well, which I also quite mm. enjoy splashing about in yeah, sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like a bird bath of ridiculous. Yeah. Uh, yeah. Like there's a podcast mm. called Go Love Yourself, which is <laughs> just, I mean, the title is, is what it is but actually the what's in it is just really beautiful really lovely and it's hosted by laura adlington who was from bake off in 2020 and her best friend lauren smith and it's just them that like one episode that i listened to they're like writing themselves letters and it was about like you know, the fact that one of them was having infertility issues and another one always struggled with her weight. And just like these letters just talking to themselves, I, I was like sobbing listening to this. And it was just really lovely because it wasn't just about tips on how you can be a better person. It was yeah. like going back and trying to get to the root of the stuff that was yeah. kind of killing them in the moment. It was just, yeah, really heartbreaking, but really lovely. The other one I love, Gabby Logan's Midpoint, which I have also guessed it on, mm. but it is a great... Oh, here we go. <laughs> That's just great come back pod- for its uh, new season recently, yeah. right? Great podcast, really good podcast. And it's um, 
And it's women of my age talking about issues that affect them in a very open and frank way. See, Gabby Logan's one of those who I think is perfect for a podcast. Yeah. Oh, she's, she's great. Like you, Zoe, where she's got, she's got all the different ranges and she's got a lot to say. She's educated herself. She's lived a life. I, I love Gabby Logan. Mm. Yeah, yeah. Mm. she's a very, very good interviewer as well. That's the other thing. You forget that... A skill. It's, yeah, it's not that easy to be able to get... You know, everything out of a, somebody that you're interviewing, you know, and you have to have a genuine interest in other people yeah. and other people's stories. Um, and that's why some people are better at it than others. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Me and Adam are like, yes, yes. And uh, what else did you want to say, Zoe? Do, do go on. <laughs> so interested in what you have to say. Yeah, she definitely aimed that at you too. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but not, not every comedian is a very good interviewer, yeah. you know. It's, um, mm. it, that You have to be able to put yourself aside mm. and let the guest shine. Would you love to do a guest-based one, though? Like, if you kind of branched out and it wasn't necessarily you doing the talent booking, which, as we all know, is one of the most hellish jobs on earth, would that be something that would interest mm. you? Yes. Yeah. I think that's the thing, you know. There, there is quite a lot involved, isn't yeah. there, admin-wise, yeah. getting good guests regularly into your slots. Um, so if somebody else looked <laughs> after that for us, yes, I think, we, I think we'd make good hosts. Of that. Yeah, think- well... Mm. I really do think we would. And also, it'd be nice to have someone else do the talking. But yeah. like, because I, I always say to Zoe, like, we're so not technologically savvy. So some days, like, we have to move our podcast because it's like, my wire's broken. I don't know how to get a new one quick enough. Like, or, I mean, when I got my actual podcast equipment, I was on the, the um, phone to our producer and friend, Paul, just be like, well, I bought everything you've said, but I don't know how it all comes together. He has the patience of... of <laughs> and he's sending yeah. you pictures. Does this button look like this? Oh, God. Yes, that picture looks like that. <laughs> We're pathetic. Yeah. But it is, you, you're right. Booking guests is a whole separate job. That's a yeah. whole different world. And I, I, I don't know anybody because I live like a hermit. Stephen knows guys. people. She cowers. Yeah, I cower. Stephen knows people, but they've yeah, they've just recently fallen out of taxis or something. Yeah. <laughs> so we need we need a professional booker. That's what we need. We've just recently had the Edinburgh Fringe Festival. Uh, we've talked a lot about awards so far, but the Fringe has a number of similar awards for the world of. Of comedy. Uh, Zoe, I can see a few of those uh, on your shelf behind you. Oh, those little things. Oh. Yeah, those, those little things. I thought I tidied them away. What kind of impact uh, do you think winning an industry award like the BPAs or like one of the many awards uh, on your shelf can have on, on artists? It definitely helps, and certainly early on in your career, you know, when it, when you're trying to get attention or attraction or, or even just when I was starting out, trying to get gigs. Yeah, when I first started, just trying to get booked into getting gigs and people would be like, how many gigs have you done and what have you done and have you won any award? That was the thing, you know. So it really helped me early on. I, I, I won Funny Women back in the day, so 2004, I think, or 2005. And it just opened doors into clubs that I'd not been able to play before. So it was was as basic as that. And then, of course, when you're playing clubs that you haven't played before, then, you know, agents will take a better look at you. So then it does have a real knock-on effect. And then, you you know, your career goes from that because that's the grassroots of stand-up comedy is doing the club, or it was. 
it was it has certainly changed quite a lot but it was when I started really important to get into those bigger clubs so it definitely helped it definitely helped and then of course you know the press or the, the attention associated with other awards yeah it's kudos it's um it yeah Made, it did make a difference She's to trying me. to play it down now to be humble. You deserve them. Thank you. you. Deserve, take it. Take your bow. But I know lots of people who haven't won awards who are utterly brilliant. Mm. And, you mm. know, you've got to take them with a pinch of salt. So, yeah. Paul Stephen hasn't got an award. Have you not won anything? Never won an award. Nothing? No. Babes, do you not even know this? The closest thing I got is I got named as one of Attitude's top 100 Celebrity Bachelors in 2017, number 98. Wow. Number 98 out of 100. Not one little award. I got nominated for the Leicester Comedy Award, but that was only last Mm. year. Did you get like a thanks for playing but no cigar sort of gong for that? Did you get a sort of No, I got jack shit. My boyfriend got me a plaque because I've never been nominated for anything. So my boyfriend got me a plaque that said Leicester Comedy Award nominee just so I had something to prove it. Oh, my God, that's so sweet. That's so sweet of him. But, yeah, no, I didn't get anything, so he got me one. Yeah. Just to to acknowledge it. Yeah. And now you've got a boyfriend, you can't even be Celebrity Bachelor of the Year or anything. So if anything, you're going the other way. (laughs) <laughs> I can have my scandal when I run off with someone at the... Uh, the not, which awards well, are Which one are we doing? So <laughs> the British Comedy Awards. <laughs> Plumbing and sprockets. <laughs> <laughs> so he gets invited to the NTAs, but she's gutted that she's not been to the Attitude Awards yet. Never. I've never been invited to the Attitude Awards. And I've been, I've been gayer longer than, like, Stonehenge, <laughs> I think. I mean, you know... <laughs> I'm like the original gay, and I still don't get invited. It's absolutely galling. It really is. Stephen, why haven't you sorted this out? I know. Stephen could sort it out. Because I'm on table 90. I'm barely through the door myself. <laughs> <laughs> You're in the foyer. Although, to be fair, I get more closer every year. Closer, closer. Ooh. Inching. We should come as a package. I've got to make this happen. Speaking of coming as a package, I'm now really, uh, really interested to see your first sort of joint hosting uh, gig. So Can are you we. Give us- <laughs> I was going to say that. <laughs> I'm expecting you to say, because I don't know how you're going to do that. And what the answer is, Adam, is we don't know how we're going to do that. <laughs> so it's going to be Alex Jones and I'm going to be Jermaine Jenis. Okay, I'll speak, can I be the trophy girl, like sort of circa 1980? No, I'll wear something I'm really skimpy. I'm the trophy girl. <laughs> it's 2023. Surely it's more Tess and Claudia. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I can do Claudia now, my hair's grown back. <laughs> no, I want to be Claudia. No, I'm Claudia. Over to you, Claudia. There you go, I'll do that. Over to you, Zoe. What did the judges think? Yeah. <laughs> I've got to say, I'm I'm very glad that uh, that you guys are, are doing the bulk of the hosting because <laughs> I absolutely would not be able to uh, to get through a night of it. Well, thank you for filling us with confidence, Adam. <laughs> How many awards do we have, Adam? It's around thirty categories, I believe. Okay, so that's quite a lot. But there aren't any speeches, right? No, there won't no, be when we're no hosting. Speeches. No, we'll be kicked off the side <laughs> of the stage, love. Yeah. I just liked it. No, you won't. Get off. <laughs> <laughs>
Depends who it is, because if someone's particularly, like, squiffy, it'll be funny. Yeah. I reckon they'll be quite chatty as well, won't they? They'll be quite excited and chatty. Well, yeah, podcasters generally do tend to be quite chatty. It'll be very interesting, I think, because I think there will be a lot of networking, a lot of people hanging around trying to meet the people on their podcast bucket list. Like, for example, A Very British Cult are shortlisted for best documentary podcast. Oh, great. So they will uh, quite likely be uh, in attendance. Yeah. And yeah, I think there'll be a lot of people trying to uh, trying to catch their eye. There'll be me and Stephen for a start. We'll be. <laughs> we'll have to be we'll like, be can networking. you get away from the stage? Please get away from the stage. We're trying to host here. That's what we'll be saying. <laughs> so we'll be like, where's Stephen? And she'll just look at like Dom French and Jordan North's table. There's Stephen. <laughs> <laughs> So just to wrap up then, if you had to nominate a podcast for a gong this year, completely separate from the BPA, it's nothing to do with the shortlist, but just one that you particularly loved, what would it be? I would give it to Two Teas in a Pod with Tamara and Teddy. Because <laughs> they keep me at... Oh, actually, do you know who I would give it to? Have you listened to Denise Welch's Juicy Crack? <laughs> <laughs> That's who's getting it for me. That's who's getting it. <laughs> What category would that come under? Is there like a gossip one? She just sits there and she's like, right, well, I can't get out of bed today. And I've been doing, her technology is as good as ours. She just talks into the bottom of her phone, though. She's like, right, I'm sat in bed today. (laughs) My back's gone again. It's so funny, Zoe. You, I don't know if it's your vibe, but it's worth a listen. Is that what she's called it? Denise Walsh's Juicy Crack? Yeah, it's genius. Everything Denise Walsh does is genius. (laughs) Oh, God. Is it C-R-A-I-C? No, it's actually spelled C-R-A-C-K. Oh, it's spelled crack. Okay. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Fantastic. <laughs> it's genius. Oh, wow. Top oh. that, Zoe Lioness. Top I can't that. top that. I can't top that. I suppose if I had to sort of create a category, I'd, I'd, my category would be best length of podcast. That's, um, that, only because Ooh. I have such a short attention span that anything that comes in at about 26 minutes, I'm really happy with. Yes, so, I agree. Because <laughs> some of them wang on for ages, don't they? Yeah. Oh, I've had enough now. Yeah, yeah. twenty six point yeah. five minutes. That's about that's about as much as I can take. Yeah. Well, on that note, before we make this two and a half hours, <laughs> Stephen, thank you so much for joining us on Pod Pod, and good luck at the BPAs. We'll be cheering mm. you on. I can't wait to see you. Thank you. Looking forward to it. Really looking forward to it. So that was the brilliant Zoe Lyons and Stephen Bailey. So much fun. Really enjoyed this chat. Adam, I, I did really love that we were like, so the BPAs, and they're like, yes, but just comedy and podcasts and hosting. And there was uh, a lot of energy, which was great. But what was uh, mm. a big thing for you to take away and think about? Well, one of the really interesting takeaways for me was that podcasting for comedians and those in the kind of comedy world uh, for them is a really good way of building a stable sort of audience and a stable stream of like content output and you know ideally income in an industry where quite often you're beholden to other parties whether that's kind of tv commissioning executives or stand-up gig bookers or 
whoever that might be. If you are in that world, you can just create a podcast and put it out there off your own back, which I think is is really interesting and one of the sort of quite unique things about podcasting as a as a medium. So it was it was interesting to to hear them waxing lyrical about that. And I think that's something a lot of podcasters will be able to empathize with. Yeah, for sure. Reem? Yeah, I mean, like with stand-up comedians, we've had more than a few on this podcast and they've been able to find like a new platform with podcasting. And also like with stand-up, I feel like it's not really accessible to many people unless you really live in the same area as they do or if they go on like live tours. So it's a great way to get to know them if you aren't able to see them live. And then it's just also a more intimate experience and it's very flexible. So I really enjoy whenever I see comedy podcasts or see stand-up comedians on podcasts because I just get immersed in in this entirely like new world that that I wasn't a part of before and and suddenly I'm like oh I'm, I'm like I I at this point I basically know almost every single New York based stand up comedian purely because of listening to podcasts <laughs> <laughs> it's true it was also really interesting hearing them sort of nerding out over their own favorite podcasts. Hearing Zoe waxing lyrical about a British cult was really interesting, especially given that we spoke to Jamie Bartlett earlier in the year and knowing that he's, you know, in all likelihood that team is going to be at the show for the awards night. I'm very interested to see if they're going to cross paths at all. I really enjoyed the fact that Stephen was just like, I just like these American podcasts that are all about reality. (laughs) TV shows. And I'm like, none yeah. of them are going to be at the British Podcast Awards, I'm afraid, Stephen. <laughs> next year. <laughs> I'll make it happen. Yeah, next year. <laughs> so for those who aren't going to the British Podcast Awards, we are going to be putting out a BPA special next week from PodPod with thoughts from the guests and the winners. And I think we're doing our own little roundup as well post-show. I mean, I cannot attest to how sober we'll be, but it'll be (laughs) fun either way. And if you still haven't got your tickets, you can still get them. Adam, (laughs) what's the best place to get tickets? The best place to get tickets, as well as all the information on the ceremony itself, is on the British Podcast Awards website. Lovely. I will see you both in person at the VPAs on Thursday. I cannot wait. Dressed to the nines. <laughs> Always am. But for now, I would say thank you so much to Reem and Adam and of course to Stephen Bailey and Zoe Lyons for joining us. And I hope that we'll see a lot of you at the BPAs in person. Please come and say hello. If you see us wandering around with a little Nimono mic, come and have a chat. We'd love to hear from you. The podcast is produced by Emma Corsham for Haymarket Business Media and I'm your host, Rihanna Dillon. I'll see you next time. Bye. 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 Bye.